0: to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled, Be Still. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've tuned in to hear another program in the series, Give Me the Bible. Today, I want to encourage you, especially if you're experiencing some hard-to-bear problems in your life. But before that, please be aware that bad things sometimes happen to God's people, and many of them have had to endure much pain persecution, stress, and heartache. There are several verses in the Bible that are key to understanding what I want you to know today. The first is from Psalm 46.10. It simply says, Be still and know that I am God. The second is from Psalm thirty-seven seven. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And the third is from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. It says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. Now if you're anything like me, there've been times when we run before the Lord, when we try to overcome certain difficult problems by doing things in our own strength, and we don't give God a chance To work things out for us in his way. At the same time, it must be realised that God has given us intelligence and reasoning powers to use, and we shouldn't just sit back for God to do something that's within our own powers to rectify. Here's a little example let's say you have a toothache coming from a decayed tooth. Should you sit back and wait for God to remove the pain? Or should you go to the dentist for a filling or extraction? Of course, it's appropriate for you to see the dentist, as it's within your powers and abilities to do so. But sometimes situations loom up for which we are totally unprepared and unable to cope that's when we should go to the lord now that short verse in psalms 46:10 i read earlier simply says be still and know that i am god i think this verse points out two important things firstly I suggest that people who are always busy with sport, entertainment, seeking pleasure, trying to get rich and so on and so on, have almost no time to stop and think about the big picture. They're too full of other things to meditate and wonder about how the world came to be if there's anything beyond the obvious and where they come from about the meaning of life and where they're going. Personally, I think Satan wants to fill our lives with meaningless junk in order to prevent us wondering if God exists and how he impacts our lives. The second point is that we should recognise who God is. He who created the universe, who set the stars in place, is not limited by the things that limit us. He is powerful beyond our wildest dreams. His intelligence is like the ocean compared to ours being just a mere drop. His love has no bounds and he wants to do good for human beings who he made and whom he loves. And he can be absolutely trusted. So when we're caught in a bind and don't know which way to turn, instead of fretting and fussing and worrying, we should place our insurmountable problem before the Lord and ask Him to work it out for us. That shows trust on our part and confidence in God. Sometimes we may be reluctant, thinking we shouldn't bother God with our problems, but it's good to remember the invitation spoken by Jesus. It's found in Matthew 11 verse 28. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest he was talking about is not just that we can sleep well at night, but that God will take an active role in dealing with what is troubling us and bring about a proper solution. But we have to trust him. It's also good to remember that God knows what's best. Sometimes an answer to our pleas or prayers to him, his answer may be yes. Sometimes it's no. And sometimes he says, wait. It is wonderful when God answers our prayers and the problem or problems we were dealing with are solved. It's also good to realise that he is in control and what we think should be done may not be God's will. In some previous program, I've told you personal stories of how God answered me in times of desperate need. But I haven't had much to say about when God did not answer my prayers or, that is, when he said no to me because he knew that what I wanted was not for my best good. Today I want to share a Bible story about when God stepped in and saved a whole nation of people. All the people had to do was to watch and wait and see what God would do. The story is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'll read some parts and in other parts use my own words. It was during the reign of King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, who reigned between 879 and 840 BC. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 begins this way. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Manuanites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is what we would call today Engedi. Gedi. Well, that sort of news is enough to frighten the pants off anyone, let alone people living peacefully in a country and not prepared for war against such a vast army. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. It was a serious situation The people were unable to defend themselves against such a huge army, and they knew it. Their only hope was in the Lord. In front of the assembled people, King Jehoshaphat stood up in the temple courtyard and prayed this, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Then Jehoshaphat outlined to God what the problem was and asked for help. He ended his prayer by saying, For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And then God sent a message to the king and the people through Jehaziel, who prophesied what the Lord told him. His message, his message was, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The Lord also gave instructions about what the people were to do and where they should go, but they were not to take any weapons with them. So instead of going into battle with spears, swords, and bows, and arrows, the Judean army went out with singers. Yes, a choir who sang. We read from verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, he set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. This vast army was made up of three nationalities and the soldiers mistook each other as the enemy and fought against each other, their own allies. The outcome was that every single soldier was destroyed. When the people of Judah came to the place that overlooked the desert where the invading army was and looked toward that vast army they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. This vast, invincible army was completely routed and all the, and all the people of Judah praised the Lord. Verse 29 ends the story this way. The fear of the Lord came upon all the kingdoms of the surrounding countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. To wait on the Lord... As shown by this bible story is both a test and a privilege we're going to stop here and go on straight afterwards
1: I have a song that Jesus gave me it was sent from
2: sing
1: to be a song with glorious harmony when the chords of heaven
0: Well, when one waits on the Lord and he solves our problems just like I read to you from the Bible, that particular story, it certainly gives you something to be glad about, just as those singers were singing. Now, you might have heard of George Muller, who exercised faith in God often. And here's a short account of who George Muller was and how he waited on the Lord. George Muller lived from 1805 through to 1898, and he was a Christian missionary evangelist and a coordinator of orphanages in Bristol in England. Through his faith and prayers, and without asking for any money, he had the privilege of caring for over 120,000 orphan children. He also travelled over 200,000 miles by ship to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in 42 countries and to challenge believers about world missions and about trusting God. In his journals... Muller recorded miracle after miracle Of God's provision and answered prayer Now one morning All the plates and cups and bowls On the table in the orphanage were empty There was no food in the larder And no money to buy food The children were standing, waiting for their morning meal, when Muller said, Children, you know we must be in time for school. Then lifting up his hands, he prayed, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat. There was a knock at the door. The baker stood there and said, Mr Muller, I couldn't sleep last night. Somehow I felt you didn't have any bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some. So I got up at 2 a.m. and baked some fresh bread and have brought it. Mr Muller thanked the baker and no sooner had he left when there was a second knock at the door. It was the milkman he announced that his milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage and he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and repair it. Well, there are many, many other times like that when George Muller waited on the Lord and the Lord brought about a happy outcome. I want to share with you another story, and this is from More Modern Times. And this story has been contributed by Jonathan LeBlanc. He says, My aunt gave birth to her firstborn child, a girl named Emily. Emily was a beautiful baby, but shortly after she was born, she contracted a brain infection. It quickly began to affect her little body and the doctors could do nothing to stop the infection as it incapacitated Emily. There were doubts that Emily would survive, let alone recover. Experts told my aunt that their little daughter would be a vegetable for the rest of her life, short as it may be. Our family began to pray. Our extended family began to pray. Our church family began to pray for Emily, for her life and for her healing. But each day we waited and prayed. It seemed that nothing happened and Emily seemed to be slipping further and further away from us and seemed to get closer and closer to death. The doctors even broached the idea of taking her off life support, saying that she didn't deserve to suffer. But her parents would have none of that. So we kept waiting. We kept praying. And we kept aching. Even I, at the age of eight, Ached for Emily and ached for her healing. "'I remember crying to God, weeping for my cousin's life. "'It was one of the toughest times for our family, "'but we persevered. "'We continued to believe that God would bring his healing "'in Emily's life, and sure enough, "'one day she began to come back to us. "'She began to improve.' The doctors were amazed at her improvement. They couldn't explain it at all. No longer did the doctors say that she would remain a vegetable. With time, she was taken off the life support, and now, 12 years later, Emily is still alive and living a happy life. This was one of the hardest things I've ever known, but God blessed my family's faith And perseverance. And Emily is alive today. One of the three verses I read to you at the beginning of the program said, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Now what causes people to lose their strength? Well, here are some things. Disappointment. Loss. Sin. Drudgery. Guilt and feelings of rejection. My friends, oftentimes we look to do things our way. We map out a course of action, and if it doesn't work, we become despondent. Then, of course, are the times when we know that we've done wrong, when we've sinned, and we're not pleased with ourselves. We may also feel that others can see through our sham. We regret that we've disappointed God, disappointed others, and of course, disappointed ourselves. Feelings of guilt follow disappointment. And you know, guilt eats away at us. We're not at peace. Oh, that people would come to the Lord and confess their sins. He's willing to forgive us if we're truly sorry even if we've repeated that sin many times. By waiting on the Lord recognising his generosity and willingness to forgive makes a big change in our lives. We can face life's challenges again with a fresh start. Our strength is renewed. In fact Although we may face trials, health issues, money issues, relationship issues, or issues about our self-esteem, by putting our problems to the Lord and leaving the final outcome to him, allows us to have peace of mind. Metaphorically and literally, our strength is renewed. Those verses I read to you are not just nice-sounding rhetoric. They're true. Others, as I've shared with you today via uh, the three stories, have shown that God comes through even though they may have thought that their particular situation was hopeless. But turn to God as they did. He is the answer. You see, Jesus gave his life for you. He did that because he cares for you and he wants you to take him into your confidence. The Lord may not perform an instant miracle for you, but if you leave it to him, the problem becomes his problem and he can and will do something to help you. So, That's all for today. Until next time, this is Len wishing you peace and a renewed strength as you wait on the Lord.